Welcome to the Others and Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. Together, we We are are the Marsh Brothers. Howdy, everybody. We got another fantastic episode for you all this week. Make sure you welcome our special guest, Matt Graz Graziano. Matt is a local from Ann Arbor who made the best decision anyone from Ann Arbor can make, attending Michigan State University. He's been a diehard college basketball fan since childhood, as his family has had season tickets to the University of Michigan basketball since the 90s. While a proud Spartan, he still attends games regularly as a massive fan of the sport. Matt was able to attend the Final Four in 2015 and 2019 and is looking forward to many future trips. We've got him on this week going over an action-packed session with his full breakdown of the NCAA tournament, looking at sleepers, surprises, and more. It was an absolute pleasure to have Matt on as Sam and I are just sadly not in tune with college basketball until this time of the year. Lastly, we wanted to let all of our listeners know that we are recruiting the Austin Spin Lob Invitational is a Masters Water Polo Tournament held every year in Austin, Texas in February. Let me be clear. We want to win and compete next year. We are broadcasting this message to all of the Michigan State, University of Michigan, Michigan Masters, all of the collegiate players and alumni out there. If you want to come down to Tejas and play some high-quality water polo with us, please let us know. And as always... Please hit us up at brothersmarsh at gmail.com with all questions, comments, concerns, and subjects you'd like us to discuss. I hope everybody has a great week, and go green! Welcome back! I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host, Jacob Marsh. We got a treat for you. We got Matt Graziano on the pod today. What's up, Graz? Hello, hello. What's up, dude? How you been? I'm well. How about both of you? Great, man. No complaints. Um, I mean, although if I was going to find a complaint, it's obviously probably going to be about the chilly weather. Um, it was like <laughs> 47 this morning and then like only a high of 60. <laughs> Do you guys still have snow back up in Michigan? Uh, we do. I was just about to say, you don't need to rub that in. <laughs> the closer we get to spring, the colder it gets. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't miss that. <laughs> Looking forward to our Texas summer. Well, thanks for hopping on the pod today, Graz. We're excited to have you to talk about all things March Madness. Um, first and foremost, definitely got a shout out Tom Izzo for what this is now year twenty five straight that he's made the tournament. Yes, that is correct. Twenty five years. I also I was telling Jake uh, earlier today or yesterday I saw a stat. I'm not sure if you saw it on Twitter, but it was. Uh, like 16 out of the 24 of these past tournaments he's been in, uh, he's either the team has either been in the final four, or the team they lost to made it to the final four, which is pretty crazy. 
Yeah, I saw that as well. It kind of, it just speaks to the level of excellence that he has just continuously put out with that program year in and year out. Yeah, he's really cemented himself in the upper echelon, kind of the Mount Rushmore of college coaches. Um, but yeah, getting into the bracket, I guess first and foremost, did you think like there's any major snubs, like any teams that were left out that you were surprised at? Uh, I was probably most surprised that Rutgers um, missed out. I This is the first time in a long time that the Big Ten has been looked at as sort of down on a national stage, and uh, them missing out right at the end there, I think that kind of just speaks to it. Yeah, although at the same time, I did see what uh, we had Northwesterns in there, IU, Illinois, um but I guess overall, it's still viewed as a down year for the Big Ten, you're saying? Yeah, I don't remember the exact stat, but I want to say this is the first time in at, at least five years that the Big Ten has only had eight teams get in. Only eight teams? Isn't that tied for the most teams that got in this year, or no? Uh, I, 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 get, I don't know to that level. I just know that normally the Big Ten recently has been getting nine, ten, eleven teams in. Yeah, that's crazy. Although it makes sense I mean, say that Big Ten is definitely a basketball conference. What are like the conferences that are kind of? I mean, is it the? Uh, what are the conferences that are dominating right now? If it's not the Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve, SEC has some top teams this year. Some would say the ACC is down as well. North Carolina. Coming, came into the year as the preseason number one. They don't even make the tournament. Duke has gotten kind of hot here at the end, winning nine in a row, but they're only a five seed. It's been very, I want to say very even. There's a lot of mid-majors that have put uh, strong seasons together. It's, it, I think it's going to be a very weird NCAA tournament. Yeah, I'm excited for it, you know. I was looking through it and talking with Jake, and there's just a lot of names that, you know, I feel like you don't normally see. Um, and to kick things off, you know, starting with the South bracket, you kind of mentioned it with the SEC, but Alabama with the one seed, and they're the overall number one seed, correct? Yes. Oh, yes. And then what, Arizona, Baylor, UVA rounding out the top four um, what are your thoughts on the South bracket? I mean, what teams are you kind of keeping your eye on? Any, like, surprises that you think may happen? So the South bracket, I don't see a ton of upsets. The big upset I have is the 6-11 matchup, NC State over Creighton. I'm the type of guy that push comes to shove. I want to know who you've played, and I feel like NC State – has played some better competition than created and coming out of the ACC, I could see them pulling that upset, but otherwise I have a pretty straight bracket. I have Arizona, Baylor, Virginia, Alabama, all advancing to the sweet 16 as the top four seeds in the bracket in the, the South region. Do you think that Virginia or a San Diego state have a chance to beat Alabama when you're looking at like kind of later on in the bracket, you know, who's going to be that first number one seed to fall. Do you think Alabama's in there right now? Or is this kind of more like a chalk bracket? Like you were saying, 
Uh, that's a great segue into the Elite Eight because I do think Virginia can and will pull that upset against Alabama. Interesting. Really? Very interesting. Okay. So I shouldn't I, have Alabama going to the Final Four? <laughs> I'm, it's not a bad choice. They do have the star power with Brandon Miller, but I just – I question – I don't know if Nate Oates – is the type of coach that can get him over the over the edge, get him to that next step. I mean, he's he's shown he's a great recruiter. You can say what you want about him in regards to his ethics and everything else that's gone on with that program this year, but I haven't seen them take that step into the Final Four. And just for me as a Regency bias and what I see, until a team actually does it, it's hard for me to say that they will do it. Do you know, so it sounds like from what you're saying that Alabama is much more of just pure star talent and that's it, not really the typical team aspect of college basketball, like the Izzo running the three-man weave type thing. Does that sound about right? Yes and no. They have a star player in Brandon Miller, some saying who could go number two in the NBA draft now. But Nate Oates has recruited more than just him. He has multiple McDonald's All-Americans on the team. It's it's more than just Brandon Miller. Hmm. I was just trying to think of a comparison. I'll be honest, I have not watched much college basketball this season, so I'm kind of with Sam. I'm looking at the bracket pretty wide-eyed at the moment, to be quite honest with you. But uh, So that's your main problem with Alabama, is just that you don't think there's enough experience with the coach I'm assuming is that is that part of it too or what do you think yeah no that's a great point I I think past teams like the Dukes the Kentuckys has shown that those one and dones bringing those kids in that you can mesh the talent together to work just for one season but I think you have to have the culture the coaching staff you have to have a lot of other pieces put around it and I hate saying that because I'm not a Coach K fan at all, but you have to give the man credit. He was able to be a, a manager, and I think I think some of that speaks to the how much Alabama has botched the whole Brandon Miller situation. Nate Oates, just some of it, is he in over his head? I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot to, for a coach to deal with that hasn't dealt with it before. What do you think about uh, the bottom side of the bracket, uh, specifically Baylor, since, you know, obviously Jake and I are down at Texas. I know they have uh, that guard, Keontae George, that won uh, Big 12 freshman of the year and has been playing pretty well. Do you think they have a chance that they could make it to the lead eight? Do they still have the dude with the mullet? No, he actually plays for Illinois now. No way. Yep. He, uh, he grad transferred. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Graz, you don't happen to remember his name, so I can Google him real quick, do you? Uh, Matthew Mayer. Thank you, sir. So do you have uh, Baylor coming out of that part to the lead eight, or do you think Arizona will cruise to it? I have Baylor winning that game. And it what kind of you... spe- it, it speaks to what some of what I said before with NC State. Uh, picking them to beat Creighton. Pac-12 has been down in basketball for quite a long time, and I, I just I just don't know about that team in regards to who they've played all season. 
and I think Baylor has, I mean, they're coming off a recent national championship. They have that championship pedigree. I think that they'll pull the upset against Arizona. So then you have Virginia going up against Baylor. Who do you think, uh, who do you have coming out on top of those two? I got Baylor going to another Final Four. Really? Wow. Okay. Down in Houston. It's a bus ride. Is that the only team from Texas you have in the Final Four, Gross? Uh, no, it is not. Oh. Um, is there any last uh, thoughts on the South bracket here, Graz, before we move on to the Midwest? Uh, no, just really that the upsets aren't going to come in the first or second round. They're going to come later in the region. Tournament wide or just for this bracket? Just for this, uh, just for this region. Uh, okay, interesting. Well, uh, we got the Midwest bracket up next, Graz. Um, you got Houston at one, Texas at two, Xavier at three, and IU at four. When you're looking at this bracket here, what's the first thing that pops out to your to your eyes there? Uh, I think Houston has a pretty easy route. Another hometown Final Four form, you think? Yes, 100%. Is IU really that good to have earned a four seed? I was kind of surprised to see them that high. Fighting uh, they have a true freshman point guard. That has been unreal all season, and with the senior big man and Trace Jackson Davis, um, they are what they are. I think the four seed, they're a low four if if they are a four, maybe a high five. And but yeah, I, they are what they are. Yeah, I was reading about that Trace Jackson Davis. I'm assuming you have IU and Houston meeting in the Sweet 16. That is correct. Do we get our first 12 over 5 upset yet with Drake and Miami, or is that still chalk? Uh, nope, Miami is going to win that one. So then that, to me, thinks like one of the best matchups that we could see then would be the Trace Jackson Davis on IU against Houston's Jarris Walker because he's kind of their big guy that's been running the show in the paint for him, right? Yep, 100%. Jarris Walker is legit. Uh, I've heard that he, as a someone who follows Detroit sports, I think he'd be a very good fit in a Detroit Pistons uniform next year if we do not win the Wemby sweep, sweep, sweeps. They're doing a pretty good job going for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that's what uh that's what that's what happens when you have Dwayne Casey as the head coach still. Yeah. Very true. So that to me probably means like that's going to be the premier matchup out of that bracket, Houston against Indiana. And I presume based on what you said earlier, you have Houston over Indiana in that one. Yep. Okay. Oh, uh, lower half of the bracket. I mean, does anybody really stand out to you as a threat or is it pretty much just going to run shock and then uh, UT will lose to Houston in the Texas matchup battle of the state? Uh... I don't see it going chalk. Um, 
I think one of the most interesting matchups of the bracket first of the first round is the Texas A&M Penn State. Penn State really? has been playing. Penn State has been playing really, really well recently. They nearly pulled the upset against Purdue in the Big Ten championship game, but Texas A&M I think is very underseeded, and I, I don't know if this is true. I but I read this that there's a rumor that Texas A&M was seeded what they were because. Uh, I believe it was last year, Buzz Williams had very uh, pointed remarks uh, after the NCAA uh, tournament was bracket was released, and the committee, the members are human, and they remember stuff like that. I don't know if it's true, but I just I, that's what's something I read today. So I, I and I think Penn State will win that game. Can I ask if where you read it was from Twitter user? Six nine, six nine, or something like that. Or where did you read this? If you don't mind me asking, uh, I do not remember one hundred percent. I, I it was I'm on just giving you a hard time. It but. was on Twitter because <laughs> I do like my tweets. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so you don't think A and M or Texas has any shot against Houston? Uh, I I have Texas all the way to the Elite Eight, but I I do think Houston wins that game. Uh, I think Texas can get that far, not so much based on their merit, uh, but I think they've had a lot of adversity this past year uh, with the Chris Beard situation, and they, when you look at who they're going to have to play, uh, Penn State, I think, is a great story, and I think they will win that first game, but I just think Texas's talent is going to win that in the long run, and the next one. I think Xavier is probably was a little overseeded as a three. Uh, so I have Iowa State winning that game, and I just I don't see Iowa State being able to run with Texas. So, so far, Kraz, pretty much everything's been chalk. Is there a particular reason why this year seems to be more of run it straight up the one, the two, the three, the four? Those are usually the best four teams. They're going to advance. Is there anything that's like keying you off to this? How are you recognizing this year? Well, 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 Iowa State making it to the Sweet 16 is a sixth seed, but I think with the seeding being what it is and the top teams not being your historical top teams, sometimes I think that those very top, those, I, I just, we have a bias when we look at them and I think. I think the teams being what they are, I think they just they deserve worth where they're at. And I, the transfer portal has made has kind of leveled the playing field in regards to the big school the big schools being able to poach the mid majors top players. And so oh, we'll see. Yeah, the transfer portal really has changed the landscape of both <clears throat> basketball and football, the college thing. Agree 100% that in NIL. Oh, yeah. Back with the Brinks truck. Uh, any other thoughts on the Midwest bracket before we move on to the East? No, I – nope. Just uh, two Texas teams already. Yeah. It's going to be the whole state will be on fire. It'll be crazy. 
nonstop fireworks. And yeah, it is very interesting <laughs> that you mention it because Kansas is really the only one seed out of the four that is somebody I would consider a traditional basketball powerhouse. Yeah, it, I mean UCLA as well as a two, they're a two seed up there, but I mean, Arizona. Other, other yeah, but Arizona hasn't been good in. They they had uh, some down years since Lou Olson. <laughs> yeah, they had some down years. <laughs> Texas has had some down years. I mean, I don't think Texas has, hasn't been to a Final Four. I don't. I don't think. I, mean, I know they went to the Elite Eight with Kevin Durant. I think that's the best they've done. In. I mean, they're a football school. That's fine. A hundred percent. I mean, obviously, the matchup we're all looking forward to the most out of the East bracket is the seven ten MSU against USC. Uh, especially close to Jake and I, Hearts, because one of our best friends down here, he's a huge USC guy, biggest USC fan I've ever met. Um, what do you think? How's that game going to shake out? Uh, Michigan State winning that game. I, I think we match up. I think we match up really well with USC. I mean, Tom Izzo is synonymous with March, and I think he proves it again. Do you think it'll be a close one or it'll be pretty easily handled? Uh, I think it'll be pretty easily handled. Uh, helps when you're going down to Columbus, Ohio, and USC's coming all the way from California. It will be interesting to see how that works, though, with them joining the Big Ten in another year. Yeah, I still can't get over it. It's so weird to think that a t- two teams in California could be part of the Big Ten. That just seems so far away. Yeah, Uh We'll we'll see with the uh, low you know the non-revenue sports how it all works, but it, it'll it'll be a sight to see. Yeah, because I thought I remember saying that they they're seeing that they were gonna keep the non-revenue sports in the Pac uh, twelve or Pac ten, whatever it is. I've seen some of that as well, but even then, like, how does that work with uh, the revenue split with with the Big Ten Network, like? You know, let's use water polo. Uh, you know, there isn't a Big Ten division, but they show Michigan and Indiana's games. So are they going to show the USC and UCLA games, like, out in California? Like, I just – I think it's going to be very complicated, and I'm very interested to see how it's going to all all work out. Yeah, me too. And admittedly, I think that's what I was most excited about was, like, ooh, maybe that allows more Big Ten schools to get water polo programs if we had USC and UCLA. Yeah, I mean, Maryland had the program years ago, and they dropped it. So, I mean, they definitely had the infrastructure at one point, and that's five teams. I mean, I think Big Ten men's hockey became a division off six. Like, it definitely would be in the realm of possibilities, especially when you think that the expansion may not be done. Yeah, just need to get Northwestern to add one, and you're all set. Well, I was I I was more referencing the idea of adding like a Stanford or another oh, like yeah. Cal Berkeley. That would be and even that's, better. That's the rumor that it might go all the way to twenty at some point, and then you'd kind of have a you'd have the, all those California schools, maybe a, a Washington and Oregon, kind of playing like a Big Ten of the Big Ten West, literally. Jeez, that'd be wild. The mega conference. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have MSU sneaking past Marquette in the second round, or do you think that's when the magic ends this season for Izzo and the boys? 
I would love to pick Michigan State in that game because I do think that it's a very winnable game against Marquette, but their defense has been so bad over the past month getting upset in the Big Ten tournament against Ohio State. Like, I I just think that they can beat anybody on a given day, but they can lose to anybody on a given day. And I'm trying to take my green goggles off. <laughs> so I have Marquette winning that game. It's always so tough because, to your point, I feel like that's what MSU is always like. It's like, man, they could – beat the number one team, but they could also lose to an 11 seed. You just don't know sometimes. Yeah, 100%. What I will say is that for whatever reason, and this is just purely based off how I feel, so I have no data to back this up, but it feels like when the expectations for the team are low, usually that's when they do better in the tournament. Conversely, when they have higher expectations, more often than not, they don't always ring the bell. Obviously, there are exceptions to that. You know, when they won the national championship, I know they were ranked pretty high most of the year. And I want to say... That was 23 the, years ago now. What you're yeah. Saying, what you're saying is 100% correct. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel better about that. <laughs> Moving up, uh, you have Kansas State and then Kentucky. Um do you have Kansas State just running through that, me and Marquette? Uh, that is correct. I have Kansas State to the Elite Eight. Uh, Kentucky has been really up and down this year, and I think Kansas State's going to gonna pull it out in that Sweet 16 matchup against Marquette. Really? I know uh, Kansas State, speaking of the transfer portal, they have uh, Keontae Johnson, who was the guy that collapsed during the UF game back in 2020. And then there's now back playing. Yeah, that's a great story with him. You know, had a with life or death situation, and he's you know fought back from it, and is being able to play the sport he loves again. Yeah, medical coma, man, that's insane. Well, and speaking of inspiring stories in college basketball, I saw that the one guy that only has one hand, he's competing at the college level, too, and getting playtime. And it was for it was for some school. I forget because it was in like a conference tournament or something that was on ESPN. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The name escapes me as well. But again, a great story. Yeah, most definitely. So then you said that you have Kansas State advance into the Elite Eight over Marquette. Do you think they just match up better against Marquette? Yep. All right. Then uh, moving on to the top bracket, uh, you got Tennessee, Duke, uh, Purdue. I feel like Purdue will be the first one seed to lose. Do you agree so, with that or no? So this is a bracket, a region that I struggled with because Purdue is one of those teams that has Matt Painter has never shown that he can get them over the hump. You know, they lost that heartbreaker in the Elite Eight years ago with Carson Edwards leading that team, but I think that they just have a monster down low in Zach Eady that very few teams, if any, can match up with, and I think they'll be able to ride him and – you know, make it to the final four. But my big upset of this region, I think Oral Roberts pulls the upset in the 12-5 matchup against Duke. Really? <laughs> <laughs> now, how Such much? Of, I was going to say, how much of that prediction 
is based on a dislike or hatred for Duke? Uh, that prediction is based off of Max Ab- Abmas. I apologize if I pronounced that name wrong. Who's that? Yeah. That is their star guard who lit up the NCAA tournament in the past, and I believe he is a fifth-year senior. Yes, and he is he's the type of player that you can put the, put the team on his back, and he can – will a team to a win and while duke has won nine in a row i mean john shire first time in the tournament he has to you know he has to prove it to me he has to show me that he can actually do it he that he's not just riding on coach k's coattails yeah a lot to prove big shoes to fill and although i will say it would be exciting if duke and purdue meet because duke also has that uh 7-1 uh freshman center Derek lively yeah, Lively is very athletic. You know, he was a top recruit. That would be a good matchup, but I mean, I, I will say some of that, you know, maybe is a little bit of my Duke hatred in wanting to pick that upset and kind of <laughs> hoping, just you know, trying to will it into, you know, what does a uh, Lavar Bell, Lavar Ball say? I'm gonna speak it into existence. You know, I'm gonna speak this upset into existence. Hell yeah, man! I pa- power I of positive it. thinking. <laughs> So, Graz, I have a question for you. Sorry? Out of all the teams in the tournament, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Out of all the teams in the tournament, you said you like stories and storybooks, storybook endings, as it were. So out of all the teams in the tournament, who's got the best storyline going into it? So if this team wins, what's going to be that signature moment? <laughs> Who has the best uh, I mean, there, there are a lot of good, uh, stories like individual stories. I mean, I think it would be pretty special for Houston to win a national championship in Houston, you know? So I think that's probably the best and biggest potential storyline to follow. The city would legit burn down. I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah, man, they go wild. Like it was on the Astros one. Yeah, <laughs> it is insane. They like, go crazy down like there. Like burn, like burn couches and streets. Because I, I feel like that'd be a huge like, forest fire <laughs> hazard. Well, luckily there's not too many forests down here in Texas. So still, East Lansing's the only city I've ever heard of that brags about. Uh, I'm not not bragging. I mean, I would brag about the stories about how stupid the firemen were. But <laughs> no, I'm not saying you. I just mean like the people that tell the stories all the time. Like there seems to be a pride in being like, yeah, we were the we were the college campus that burned up all the couches after we lost in the basketball tournament. Blah 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 blah. Well, I mean, you there is there about. is pride in you know the funny story from college when they the firemen were hosing down the couches in the garage at Beale street. And while they're doing that, literally the street over a couch goes up in flames. <laughs> like that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good and funny story that needs to be. I told. was going to say, yeah, I love a good couch burning and good fun. As long as no one's injured. Amen. So, 
so you have Oral Roberts over Duke. Does that mean uh, you have them extending the luck past Tennessee, or are they going to meet their fate and then Purdue moves on to the Elite or to the? Uh, Tennessee will beat Oral Roberts. Uh, not much more to be said. Purdue is going to, you know, make that W in the Elite Eight and get it to the Final Four for the first time in a long time. Really? Okay, so I really think that they're going to ride the back of BD all the way to the Final Four. Boiler up. Uh, boiler down. Purdue don't. Purdue, yeah, Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. That's it. <laughs> yeah, Purdue. My sister is an IU grad. Purdue. Hey, we all got it. It's good. We're good. <laughs> um, any additional thoughts on the East bracket before we move on to the West bracket? Again, this is probably the one that on paper statistically, you know, makes the most sense to me, but I feel just as confident putting Michigan State in the Final Four as I do putting Purdue, even though I picked Purdue. Like, I really I could see a lot of different teams coming out of this region. That's what we'd love to hear. Have they announced the game time yet for the State-USC game? Uh, I feel like it's late afternoon on Friday, but I'm not 100% sure by any means. Hell yeah. I was hoping it would be a later game. Yeah, yeah, we don't, uh, the real question don't want to screw up those times. Uh, well, if it's a, if it's a late four o'clock start, I, I might have to leave work a little early, make sure I get home just in time. (laughs) So last but not least, we got the West bracket, uh, top seeds looking at Kansas at the one UCLA, Gonzaga and UConn, uh, Starting at the top, I mean, do you think uh, Kansas will be another one seed that joins Houston and Purdue, or are they going to meet the same fate as Alabama? Uh, They will meet a similar fate to Alabama. I have UCLA uh, pulling the upset in the Elite Eight, and I say that as an upset more so not because it's a one-two matchup, but because of the situation with uh, UCLA's best player. What's the situation? Uh, just uh injury. Oh, damn. I'm I'm not sure if uh, if he'll be back or when he'll be back, and I think a lot of people are counting UCLA out because of that. Hmm. Good little tidbit to know. Thank you. Uh, twelve five matchup. Uh, VCU St. Mary's. Do you think we'll get a twelve five upset over there? Because so far the only one you picked is Oral Roberts over Duke. And I know, generally speaking, that's like the most common upset that occurs. Uh, I've gone back and forth on it quite a lot. Uh, But I do have VCU beating St. Mary's. VCU has a lot of high-end talent from uh, top major programs. Yeah, East Lansing's own. Brandon Johns, baby. You know, like I, St. Mary's, you know, they play in the same league as Gonzaga. So other than playing Gonzaga, they don't have a ton of competition for a good portion of the season. And I just feel like they're uh, right for the pickings. 
Do you think that they could extend their luck against UConn, or do you think UConn will roll over VCU to go with the matchup against Kansas? Uh, I think VCU is going to keep the magic going, and they're going to play Kansas in the Sweet 16. Oh, oh, okay. Another spoiler pick. You got some good ones out there so far, Gross. I just, I, I just always try to remember that it never goes the way you think it should go. So don't go that way when you fill out your bracket. Yeah, very true. Um, the other one I had forgot to mention on Kansas. So what do you think of Grady Dick in his game? I know he's the six eight wing that they have. Uh, I think he's been a little bit of a revelation, but I also feel like he's been a bit up and down. Uh, and I say that because Jalen Wilson is by far their best player, their senior leader, and they've kind of gone as he's gone. In games that he's struggled, Kansas has not played well or lost. So that means that Grady Dick, to me, isn't able or doesn't have the ability, I shouldn't say ability, or just doesn't have the spot on the team per se to take the game over when Jalen Wilson isn't. And so it'll be, that's why I have UCLA beating them in the Elite Eight to make it to the Final Four. And then moving to that side of the bracket, do you have any big upsets down there? Do you think it's just going to be UCLA over Gonzaga in the Sweet 16? I have that portion of it. You can call it chalk. No, I'm surprised you had UCLA over Gonzaga. You don't think Gonzaga will be able to relive the magic of years past? Because I know they have pretty much all juniors and seniors. Uh, Gonzaga has kind of just become like a boring team to me to watch and to just, I don't know. I mean, Drew Timmy is what he is. Oh, we'll see. I mean, what you're saying there very well could, could happen, but just, it just didn't work out when I filled it out. I'm picking Gonzaga. Let's go, baby. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, baby. Drew Timmy, Drew Timmy is the type of senior leader that a lot of teams can get behind. So I, if they prove me wrong, good on them because I'm just a, I'm just a nobody. <laughs> I'm with also, you. I mean, dude, they constantly fail right when they're supposed to be knocking on the door. I mean, I don't. I did they make the final four recently? Uh, they lost in the national championship a couple times, I believe. Yeah. Like that Nigel, that, that Nigel Williams Goss year. Uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, he was uh, their point guard transfer from Washington. I know it was funny because uh, I was Jake and I were reading something where Drew Timmy is gonna not come back for a fifth year because he thinks he'll get selected in the NBA draft. I had a good chuckle at that. I don't really see him as an NBA talent. Yeah, the 58th pick. The the fifth-year idea, though, that you just spoke about has been one of the reasons why college basketball has been so weird is because of that COVID year that, you know, four different classes of of players, you know, have all that extra year, so you're having a lot of more experience staying in the game. Well, and just bigger guys, too. Is that why the Baylor dude was able to transfer, the dude with the mullet? 
Uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, that's why, like, Brandon Johns Jr. is at VCU. Like, and so that's why you have a lot of mid-major talent playing up and you have a lot of high-major talent playing down because they all got handed that extra year. I shouldn't say handed's not the right word, but I just mean that the opportunity presented itself to continue to play the game. Yeah. How long do you think it will be until you, that's corrected? Is that, you know, something that, like, four years from now will be, like, will be back to normal? or? Yeah, yeah. All Every player that was, like, was supposed to have a year of eligibility during the COVID season got an additional year. Okay, so then it will be eventually phased out. Yep. And then, well, especially that when that point happens, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the transfer portal as well. I because a lot of players have had this extra year, this extra opportunity, but the scholarship limits at their schools are still set at the limit. So you have all these coaches and coaching staffs who haven't planned on having the opportunity to bring this player back, who have been recruiting all these, you know, incoming players for two, three, four years. So it'll it'll be interesting to see if the players going down stays at the level it is or the players coming up stay at the level that it is interesting so there could be like a major shift in the whole landscape to recruiting yeah i mean there's been a big push away for with a lot of schools away from the high schoolers because of the transfer portal and the fact that you have to recruit kids every year you're recruiting them to come to your school and now you have to recruit them to stay at your school so if they have to do that, why not recruit, you know, a proven commodity at another school? But if there's less proven commodities that are looking to leave, what's going to happen with uh, both rosters on both sides of the equation? Yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch as it progresses. Uh, any other thoughts on the West Bracket before we wrap up? No, just uh, that I have UCLA beating Kansas and – Solely based on the fact that, you know, if Jalen Wilson isn't playing well, Kansas doesn't seem to, just doesn't do well. And I think UCLA will, you know, put the clamps on them. Yeah, Bruins back at it. So then we, that means we get a final four of UCLA against Houston and then Purdue against UVA. Or no, no, Baylor, excuse me. It is the All Texas Final. Really? The three seed Baylor versus the one seed Houston. God. Houston will burn. I have Houston winning the national championship. Do you think it will be a close one, like a really back and forth tough battle? I uh, exactly back and forth tough battle. I think it'll be a fantastic game to watch, uh, but. As we talked about him earlier, I think Jairus Walker will be the difference. And i projecting a, you know, a close game with a three-point Houston win. Ooh, you heard it here first, folks. Houston, well, let's go. Yeah, well, thanks so much, Graz. It was definitely exciting. It's going to help me finish uh, filling out my bracket since I watched uh, zero college basketball outside of Michigan State this year. So. um so don't blame you at all next up we have the quote zone
Goal. Goal. Um, Graz, do you want to do us the... Thank you, Jake. I was waiting for you to chime in, man. Normally, I get a little more help on that. (laughs) (laughs) Quote zone, you make my day. Perfect. Um, do you want to do us the honor of going first, Graz? Sure. Uh, I have a quote here by our good friend Tom Izzo. We are in the trophy generation. Give them a trophy for 23rd place. That makes the parents happy. <laughs> Tom, Tom Izzo on family plus focus. I think that that quote just speaks so much to the program that he runs and how he recruits kids that want to come in and they want to fight, they want to battle. They're not promised or handed anything, that they earn what they get. And you've seen that with some kids that have transferred out that aren't willing to put in that. And you see a lot of kids that stay around and are, and you see them benefiting it and are better for it now as juniors and seniors. And with that really strong freshman class coming in next year with two McDonald's All-Americans, uh, next year might be might be his best chance to win an, another national championship might might be the best chance he, he has left in his career. Really? Calling the shot already? Uh, I'm not calling the shot saying that we are going to win it. I'm just saying that next year might be his best chance for uh, in, during his coaching career, his next best chance. I, I don't know if he'll have a better one before yeah. he finally retires. Because presumably those guys will be one and dones. Uh... Booker is pretty raw, and Jeremy fears possibly, but if Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard both return next year, I think fears is probably your sixth man off the bench. Uh, Booker is really raw, so he, yeah, I think you're probably looking at him more of like kind of like a Deontay Davis with how he, you know, develops through his freshman year. So he still also could be a one and done just because of how the NBA drafts on potential so much more, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a special team next year in East Lansing. Yeah, it'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I really like that quote. It uh, really speaks to the Midwest work ethic, I feel like. Amen to that. Yeah, Graz, honestly, I, I mean, I think it's just very poignant, too. You know, it's Spartans. You There is, there is, is a certain... Uh, tenacity that you have to be able to bring. I mean, the name Spartan, think about it. I mean, it just instills a certain level of respect thousands of years after these people lived simply because of the way they lived then. And you associate that name with anything and people know exactly what it is. It's very powerful. So I'm right there with you. I thought that was I mean, really What nice do we call it. ourselves? Spartans! No, we call ourselves Spartan dogs, and it's a dog. Oh, yeah. eat, and it is a dog eat dog world. <laughs> that up dog, remember up dog? What you got for us this week, Jake? Um, honestly, Graz has led really nicely into mine. I also had another time as a quote in honor of this week, and it is. 
Discipline is the highest form of love. If you really love someone, you have to give them the level of discipline they need. Again, I mean, I think it really speaks to almost verbatim what Graz was saying. It speaks to the culture he's built. It speaks to what he values in the people that he recruits a lot um, and the type of program that he's chosen to run, which no matter what anyone says has given extreme amounts of success or maybe only one national title but for i'm pretty sure all but one of his graduating classes went to the final four or something like that he's he had that really ridiculous streak for a while yeah Um, and uh the (laughs) yes that was a very disappointing class uh unfortunately the uh two of the main seniors you know very tragically one passed away. The other one is in prison for life. Uh, yeah, so man. It, it, it is kind of, it's interesting to look back on that class now and the disappointment that it was in not making it to the final four and now seeing how it's just kind of trickled down in, in life. It's, it's just a lot of sad stories there. Yeah, definitely a butterfly effect. If you think about it, what would have been different for all of them if they would have won it? Yeah, 100%. Well, for Sammy, what you got for us? uh, This week, I made a very rare departure from quoting a funny movie because I knew we were doing March Madness, so I went with the John Wooden quote because he always has really good ones. Um, The best competition I have is against myself to become better. Um, And I just really like that because, you know, we all – I played water polo um, for a long time in other sports. We were always really active, very competitive. Uh, so once you get into adulthood, you don't really have that same, like, opponent to go against. And so then you really do have to realize, like, the competition is against yourself. And that's really, like, you know what I do every time, you know, I'm going to do yoga or I'm going out um, on a walk is just thinking, like, oh, yeah, I'm just competing against myself because I want to be the best. and. I want to be better today than I was the day before. Really well said, Sam. That was beautiful. Oh, 100%. Amen to that. You know, you, you got to be able to remind yourself that. Yeah, especially nowadays, you know, uh, it's not as bad for us since we're older. But, you know, I read articles all the time about, like, all the kids that have problems with Instagram because – they're just constantly comparing themselves to other people like celebrities and like lives that they can't really attain. So it's just a really good reminder in a bunch of different ways that, you know, you only got to compare yourself to yourself. That stuff has become so much more prevalent in the past couple of years after going through the pandemic with all the stay at home. And I don't think, I think all the decisions made, I don't, I not to, I'm not talking about any of that in regards to, like, were they right or not? But it'll be very interesting to see how the mental health in this country continues to develop. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, the mental health fallout from COVID, especially uh, for pretty much anybody that was like a, at a pivotal age in development, um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see the long term effects of that. Because there's just, yeah. you know, so many different periods of life that people were at that it really robbed them of a pivotal experience that they needed to be able to have in terms and of development. I, and I can't really think of anything historically that would actually have data to, 
you know, support what would happen. But I mean, there was like, what, the, what was the, the flu, flu epidemic or whatever, like in, in the early 1900s. And then we had, we had the great depression, like years later, like world war two, world war one, yeah. maybe, like, but I mean, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of thought that that kind of was the opening stage into all of those world events. And could something similar like that happen, you know, with how unstable the world is? To the listeners out there, the answer to that question is 100% yes. Uh, well, next we got Word of the Week. Word. Word of the Week. Um, I'll go first. What you got, uh, Samwise? It's really funny, and I think Graz will get it. Um, I don't think Jake will get it. Um, Cetus Lapidus. <laughs> what? what is that <laughs> i what is that i know i get it but i can't think of why i get it but i feel like it's a disney channel original movie yes i knew it um yeah xenon uh girl of the 21st century oh xenon sequel yeah xenon yep. z3 <laughs> but it means uh like oh my god or like are you serious or just like you can use it to like exclaim go ah you know like see this lapidus <laughs> oh what a great time in the world when we used to get disney channel original movies every month right i, I can't believe they went away from that it's mind-boggling boggling. I, mean, I mean the kids these days like they don't they can just pause commercials they'll never understand you know the rush of Oh, commercials. Let me run to the bathroom, get back before the, you know, the, the premiere starts. You know, they just go on Netflix. They just, they can watch it all. No, no question. I mean, I don't know if I miss it as much as say that I think everyone else should have to be, have to go through the same things we went through. (laughs) I had to suffer. So you do too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you, you guys coached water polo like, I mean, I I remembered all the things I hated. I was like, yep, those are the things I my players need to do because I hated it for a reason because it was tough. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to that. There is definitely some truth to that for sure. Uh, sweatshirts on their uh, back. Dude, cool. oh, <laughs> that, that, we did not, We never swam with sweatshirts, but we did have the we did have goalies wear them uh, when they did uh, corner corner taps. That's not as bad. It's not doing full swim sets in them. <laughs> no, it, and it was not a sweatshirt. It was just a long sleeve t-shirt. <laughs> uh, Graz, would you like to go next with your word of the week? Sure. Uh, and it is chosen for March Madness, but uh, fortuitous. Fortuitous. Um fortuitous what is that because you like? need because you need a little luck in march madness that's you what know. i was thinking fortune you'll uh, you'll hear uh quite a few announcers you know use uh the fortuitous bounce as it you know goes from rim to rim to rim before it you know hops on in that hoop and uh 
So, and same idea, you need some, you need some luck to win a national championship. Spot on. Well said. Very true to skip shot. (laughs) (laughs) Last but not least, Big Jake, what you got for Um, us? Yeah, again, uh, I'm also doing uh, a March Madness-ish themed one. Uh, The word is Spartan. And what it means is exactly kind of what we already talked about earlier, but it's showing the indifference to comfort or luxury traditionally associated with ancient Sparta. So obviously I picked it because Michigan State Spartans, super, I always get super pumped for them to do well in the tournament, even if I'm being realistic with my expectations. But uh, yeah, love the green and white, man. What else can I say? Yeah, that's perfect word Spartan, for this week. Spartans will. Go green. Will Go do white. what? I never understood that. Spartans will. Spartans will do what? Are you mean Everything. like the will of a Spartan? You mean like the physical will? Do you mean like, you know what I'm saying? There's Both. a lot I mean, left to interpretation there. It's Spartans will. I mean, I th- as. That's why it works, you know, is that it is open to interpretation. Yeah. Spartans will do, will do anything. Like you put anything right there. I mean, I, anything good. Anything? I mean, I, I, yeah. yeah any, <laughs> anything <laughs> good. Anything! <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, you probably can look through history and there probably is a Spartan's will for literally anything. Yeah, very true. Uh, well, Gross, thanks again for hopping on the pod for us, brother. We really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Uh, all love, man. It was great talking to you, and uh, we hope to have you on again sometime soon. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Great catching up with you. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah, come thanks down to Texas on, sometime if you, you want to escape the Michigan winters. It's nice and warm. Yeah, you know, maybe if it works out, I'll make it down for one of those Masters water polo tournaments. Yeah, yeah. next That's, February, uh, Roz. Next February, Austin, Texas, spin lap. I'm trying to get a team together, so everybody out there, listen to me. Next February, Spin Lab in Austin, I want the best Masters tournament we can possibly take to come down there. Roz, if you have a way to get down here, you come down and shave, dude, let's fucking do this shit, man. Yeah, give me a little motivation to uh, get back to swimming instead of just doing the elliptical. <laughs> yeah, let's Hell do yeah, it, man. Come on, let's go. I will yeah. be coach and backup goalie. It'll be a great time. You know, if we get enough guys down there, I mean, we can we can run lines, which I think a lot of us would need. Kraus, if you help me spread the word, I will do all of the logistical. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Brothers and Others, hosted by the Marsh Brothers. We wanted to remind you to email us at brothersmarsh at gmail.com with any questions you'd like answered on the pod or any topics you'd like covered. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at brothers, capital N, others. Last but not least, ensure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's it for now. now. Until Until next time. time.